You can now relive the best moments of the UEFA Champions League 24-7. The UEFA Champions League channel is a new 24-hour streaming channel serving non-stop goals, highlights, and full match replays from the world's most prestigious club competition. Reminisce on your favorite moments, legendary players, and brilliant goals with the UEFA Champions League channel, streaming around the clock on Pluto TV and the CBS Sports app. New CBS Sunday. You collect rewards, right? This is how I make my living. When something is lost, everyone's looking for something. He finds it. You strong swimmer? So-so. So-so. So-so's okay. Justin Hartley stars. How you survive, you make quick, smart decisions. If you never let panic take the wheel. Sounds cool. It is cool, actually. Very cool. Tracker. New Sunday on CBS and streaming on Paramount+. Plus. Welcome to Attacking Third. I'm Sandra Herrera, lead NWSL writer for CBS Sports. Joined today, as always, by my colleague and co-host, Lisa Roman, broadcaster and analyst for CBS Sports. On today's segment, we're going to chat all about San Diego Way. We are doing a team preview, continuing our team-by-team previews. These are the last of them, though. So thanks, everybody, for, for joining us. And before we take a deep dive into the wave make sure that you go ahead and leave us a rating and review on your favorite podcast platform we're also on youtube so subscribe to us right here at youtube.com slash attacking third make sure you get all your exclusive nwsl content previews recaps with a three the regular season is one week closer it's going to kick off on march 25th and you can watch all the games on paramount plus and we are doing a team preview for every single team in the leave a podcast episode and on youtube Check them out. Leave us a review. We want to hear your comments, as always. Lisa, I want to hear your thoughts, your opinions. As always, we've got two more teams to talk about before this season kicks off. Uh, I've got opinions and I've got thoughts. Um, I'm excited about this. A lot of people in our comments have been um, picking apart our alphabetical order, saying that OL Reign was an O, not an R. So I'm just putting that out there. Guys. We're, we're here. We're doing them all. We're on S&W, San Diego, and then we get Washington Spirit. Um, we're, we're doing them all. Don't worry. We're going to hit your team. We're going to give you hot takes on yeah. your team, your <laughs> club that you cheer for. We're going to talk about the rosters. We will talk about every team. Everyone's like freaking out in the comments. We'll get there. We'll get there. We still have, what, nine days until the season starts? We'll get Cheer. them. Cheers to OL. I guess. Yeah. Like, come on guys. It's the rain. Uh, But yes, I'm excited to talk about the wave because uh, this is a team that I was very high on last year. I loved watching this team. Um, I I have similar sentiments this year about this squad and what they can do. There's just something about Casey Stoney that um, I enjoy the way that she coaches uh, this team and and the way that they can kind of get things done um, right there at Snapdragon Stadium this year. There's a lot of good moving parts all around it. What about you, Bud? How, how's it going? I mean, back to back live days, you and me. It's it's fun to hang out with you. I uh I, I stay live. You stay live. We stay live. The thing about A three is that we're always live. And look, getting another opportunity to hang out with you, 
chat all things NWSL, hang out with all the awesome A3 listeners is is always a great way to kind of kick off my day. So no complaints uh, over here. Um, it's a beautiful sunny day in Chicago, although I don't have a lot of windows around me right now to, to show that off. But listen, uh, a sunny day in, in March in uh, high 40s is, is real like summertime or excuse me springtime kind of energy in the midwest here so i'm i'm all for it so i'm glad the sun's out because we're we're starting this first uh segment talking about san diego talking about the wave let's start with a little bit of an overview of this team and their off season head coach casey stoney second year with the team and uh, we're going to have to take a look at the uh, 2022 coach of the year and sort of see, you know, what's in front of her and her staff and uh, how they navigated this this offseason, um, because they have a pretty impressive 2022 to look back on uh, their inaugural season in the NWSL, a number three finish, 10, six and six for their overall record, uh, hosted a playoff game, uh, made it all the way to the semifinals. Uh, they defeated Chicago two to one in their quarterfinal game, but ended up falling to Portland Thorns two uh, one in their semifinal. Made some moves uh, through free agency this mm-hmm. offseason. Um, navigated the draft pretty well, I think. And you know, when you and I were chatting a little bit about the offseason specifically, talking about grades, we we went with a B for them in, in this one. So we said good, solid B. Maybe they didn't need this was a team that maybe didn't need to do too much tinkering, but there were some positional areas that they needed to sort of target and tackle. And we kind of felt that they went out and, and took care of those areas as, as best uh, that they could have done. So we went with uh, just a sort of a solid B for them overall. But in terms of those moves to try to bulk up a team and really make an even further push in the postseason, they had some pretty significant signings, right? There are certain teams that rang that free agency bell a little bit louder than some others. And I think you and I both agree that San Diego Wave was one of those teams. Yes. San Diego had, uh, I mean, an okay offseason, a B, right? Especially when you we have to take into consideration how they did, how they finished last year, and then what those moves indicated in the offseason. And as an expansion side that earned a playoff hosting, uh, hosting a playoff game in their ever first ever playoffs is pretty impressive, I'm going to say, coming into the season. So I don't think that this team needed to really change too many things. It's not like they needed an entire shakeup. They needed it just to get a little bit more depth. And they only did that like a, a little bit because with the, the changes that they made in the offseason, I think free agency-wise, they did really well in, in what they could do. I mean, some of the free agency comes down to location and I'm going to, I'm just going to say it. Who doesn't want to be in sunny San Diego? Um, Who doesn't want to be there in Southern California? So I think that that's a little bit helpful, but they got free agent uh, Danielle Colaprico out of Chicago. That was one of the top prospects in the free agency list. Um, They also got Maggie Doherty Howard, Uh, Maggie out of Orlando, a veteran in this league midfielder um, is perhaps adding a bit more depth to that midfield role and that spot for San Diego and Casey Stoney. Um, 
But I think that those two signings, pretty good for the San Diego squad that didn't really need to shake up too much because they didn't lose too, too many players in their offseason. They they really didn't. They, they're returning most of the same squad that they had last year. But then during the draft, right, they also they also got a Sierra Enge, a 13th overall pick. She was the first pick for San Diego that they had, and it came in the, the first pick in the second round. Um, and she's already signed a contract. And then they get a goalkeeper out of UCLA, a, lo- a local product, and Laro uh, Brzezicki, right, Sandra? We're working on the pronunciation. Brixie. <laughs> Sorry about that. Laura Brixie. So uh, they're they're adding a lot of depth in that goalkeeper position, which is is where they need some depth, right? Like they've got Kaylin Sheridan, who's Canadian international gold medal winner, um, but it's an international World Cup year. So you're going to need a little bit of depth at that goalkeeper position. But um, they they didn't lose too, too many players in the offseason. No, you know, I, I'm with you. Look, look, I want to just remind everybody that, of course, you can find all of our episodes on YouTube. You know, we, if you follow on your favorite podcast streaming service, Look it up. We we did mm-hmm. off season grades. We we chatted about this. This isn't, you know, I'm having a little bit of deja vu because I'm I'm just like nodding my head and I'm like, yes, I'm in agreement with everything that you say because I feel like we, we chatted about it before. But those areas specific, like these players that we're mentioning specifically, whether it's like Daniel Colaprico through free agency or even these draft picks, right? Like Sierra Inge, number thirteen overall for them, or Lauren Brixey. Like these are areas where like this is these are areas mm-hmm. that this team is going to need to try to target if they want to build on. Uh, or have an even more successful 2023. Um, And it's important to note that within a World Cup year, those holes might feel a little bigger in light of certain players who may be absent, right? But it's not just Cole Aprico. They they went out and they um, really were trying to target some midfield depth. So Maggie Doherty Howard was, was someone that they went out and targeted. They they also signed Rachel Hill as well. And these are these are they targeted players that have experience in very specific areas, but yes. like somebody like Rachel Hill, I think has sort of shown over the last few seasons in NWSL that she's a bit more versatile. I think that, that people might have uh, sort of perceived her as previously, like nor like primarily like kind of labeled her as just like a forward. I believe when she was with Orlando was just sort of in, in the attack as an option mm-hmm. for them. Um, but that's not necessarily the case anymore. Has put in a lot of shifts uh, as kind of like a wingback. Um, and for, I think, a coach like Stoney who wants to to have versatile tactics, really, I think that's the kind of player that she was also trying to target in this offseason as well. So I think when you're looking at, the additions that they made, whether it was through the draft or, or free agency, and you look at and you compare that to the the losses, which were not too big, like there no. were huge, significant, like detrimental kind of losses. That's not necessarily the case. I mean, we just saw the the recent announcement of, of Carly Telford. She just recently announced her her retirement. So <clears throat> right there, it already looks like. The, the addition of, of goalkeeper depth, it was a good and smart move. Um, and Katie Johnson was was one of those players that ultimately exercised her, her free agency. And now that player is with uh, Angel City, right? But I just thought it was so interesting to hear you ch- chat a little bit about like free agency as a whole for these teams, because we're, we're looking at 
kind of maybe two California teams side by yeah. side. And you're just like, the pitch is, is natural. Like all these teams are going to want to go there. And I think we were looking for a little bit of continuity in that with this next off season, because we saw during that expansion year, how, how many players wanted to get out to California and have those negotiations, mutual conversations about moving a player to a California team. But we've got, an Angel City that we didn't exactly give a high mark in free agency because they no. might have took some big swings, but they kind of missed out and didn't land too many. They did get Katie Johnson, but you're talking about towards the end of a preseason and towards the end of a free agency where that list is much narrow. But then you've got you've got San Diego Wave, who really made that splash yeah. early on with the announcement of, of Cola Prico and, and then Hill and so on and so forth. So um, I think that's that's why we're kind of rolling with the, the offseason grade of a B with them. I think they they navigated it well. They, they, they didn't go they didn't go too crazy. And they just I think they made a lot more uh, smart moves. But yeah, um, I, I mean, I agree. I think that and we'll get into the roster for the yeah. San Diego side. But getting someone like a Daniel Cola Prico is a player that's going to make an immediate impact on this roster. I, I think we're going to see her week one um, get starts in the midfield, uh, be that defensive lockdown player that Casey Stoney can really lean on. And, and there's still a lot of good depth in that midfield position. And I think Maggie Doherty Howard adds more to that depth. Um, it, even Rachel Hill, like you talked about her versatility, she could play in that midfield, but I think Cola Prico is, is the biggest roster signing for San Diego because I think she'll make an immediate impact starting games in the first week match day one. I think we're going to chat about that a little bit next. I mean, maybe who's who could we see like as some players kind of be like those ideal starting 11 type of players for San Diego Wave during the regular season. We're going to chat all about it and run down the roster. Stick with us. We'll be back after a quick break. Did you know that while over 60% of Americans dream of starting their own business, less than 20% of them take the first step? The reason? Building a business is tough. Taylor Brands is simplifying the business journey. From launching and managing to grow in your business, Taylor Brands isn't just another tool. It's your online business partner from launch to success. With Taylor Brands, building your dream business becomes an effortless experience. Their comprehensive platform guides you through every step, ensuring you have everything you need in one place. From LLC formation to bookkeeping, invoicing to acquiring licenses and permits, and even setting up your bank account, Taylor Brands handles it all seamlessly. And our listeners will receive 35% off Taylor Brands LLC formation plans using our link, taylorbrands.com slash CBS Sports. That's T-A-I-L-O-R-B-R-A-N-D-S dot com slash CBS Sports. So start your business journey today with Taylor Brands. All right, let's chat about uh, San Diego's roster ahead of this regular season kicking off on March 25th. There are some teams uh, that still have to, kind of narrow down those preseason rosters mm -hmm. it has to be under a certain number and I think I think San Diego at this point is where they want to be I don't know if we're gonna see any other movement or any other players waived or, or added on through waivers or anything like that because as of now we're maybe looking at around 25 to 26 players initially Telford for example was listed in their preseason roster but she has announced her retirement but the goalkeepers we know Kaylin Sheridan's in the mix we know Lauren Brixie out, out of the draft is, is in the mix as well uh, let's take a look at maybe some of the forwards maybe we haven't talked about them enough we've been talking about the midfielder a lot but uh, Amira Ali Mackenzie Doniak has made a return another player through free agency 
agency for them. Uh, Sophia Jakobsen, Alex Morgan, Jaden Shaw, Rachel Hill, and um, Melanie Barcenas, who was a U18 non-roster invitee. So might not see her. <laughs> she might be one of those players that we might not see in, in the regular uh, season. But the, some of the other midfielders that we didn't get to shine some light, uh, some light on, um, we haven't chatted too much about uh, Belle Brighty, Taylor Corniak, Kelsey Turnbull, Emily Van Eggman, who was massive for them yeah. in the inaugural season. Uh, we've mentioned uh, Dory Howard, Cola Prico, Enge, but uh, Giovanna DeMarco also through the draft as well uh, to kind of round out the midfielders and defenders. Abby Dahlkemper, um, Mia Gayu, and then Naomi, uh, Naomi Girma, uh, Chris McNabb, Madison uh, Pogarch, uh, Kaylee Real, Shane Shorts, and Kristen Westfall. So we always love to talk about defenders, but I, I do want us to shine some light on, on the forwards uh, a little bit because Lisa, we were chatting or you mentioned the world cup year, the international cycle. Um, there's likely to be some, some players missing, but there's also some players who are going to want to try to utilize this time in the league to make sure that they are primed and ready to go for their world cup. And I think when we're looking at these forwards when we see somebody like a Jakobsen we see somebody like an Alex Morgan these are probably the players that might stand out the most to us who we might see on opening day yeah I think um it's important to kind of look especially at those forwards because there's a lot of depth there and there's a lot of international experience and there's a lot of uh what we saw last year from them I mean when you're running through this this list of names Sandra for those that maybe didn't tune in so much last year to the NWSL season there is the rookie of the year on this roster there's defender of the year uh heads up they're the same person in Naomi Gurma (laughs) there's goalkeeper of the year in Kaylin Sheridan um there is a golden boot winner in Alex Morgan on this roster there's also young female player of the year for U.S. soccer in Jaden on this roster uh giant giant awards and accolades given to people on this roster. Casey Stoney, a candidate for coach of the year on this roster as well. Um, There's just a lot of big names. And I think those big names and those big accolades and big awards come with big expectations for, for this type of team. Um, But I think when you look at these, this forward front line, the consistency we saw last year between an Alex Morgan in that front line, a Sophia Jakobsen towards the end of the year, um, Amira Ali. Yeah. I think that Ali was one of the players that had an incredible growth throughout 2022 um, that really solidified herself in the starting lineup and solidified what she could do for this this side and the the continuity that we saw and the relationship between a Jakobsen, an Ali, and a Morgan developed throughout this year was fantastic. Mackenzie Doniak kind of solidified her role as that super sub that came off the bench and contributed and and brought a spark to uh, 60 minutes, 45 minutes of the game. Um, I, I think that is where we could continue to see Doniak throughout this year. And I, and when I look at the new additions of someone like a Rachel Hill, um, I think that that would be similar to kind of the role we saw Katie Johnson in last year, where it was like a double super sub after Doniak came in around the 45 minute mark or the 60 minute mark. Then we see someone like a Rachel Hill come in around the 70 minute, 80 minute mark to, to kind of close out game and, and continue there. Um, this is a lot of depth in the forward front line. I mean, not, I mean, Alex Morgan, right. You're a golden boot winner. She was just, we just talked about the FIFA 23 rankings. She's up there on them. It's, 
it's top competition that you're playing with in that front line. I think that the, de- the defenders, we also have to look at a little bit because Abby Dahlkamper, a center back that dealt with a lot of injury last year. She, she went yeah. through surgery. Um, now her development to come back and, and play in this year is going to be interesting to see how she can uh, stay healthy. And that's yeah. really hard and that's really tricky to do. But we saw Naomi Gurma come in um, the number one draft pick in 2022 and, and not only solidified defend a uh, rookie of the year, but defender of the year. And she took over the leadership in that back line as soon as Abby Dahlkemper was out and, and she played along someone alongside someone like a Kaylee real in that center back position. And I really liked that duo. I really did because Kaylee real was one that allowed a young Gurma to shine and take on that leadership role. And I think that's why San Diego was able to be so good defensively. I mean, of course, and then you've got Kaylin Sheridan and goals. So that'll help you be really good defensively as well. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm with you. I, I, listen, I think I tweeted something out the other day after attending um, Red Stars Media Day locally um, and just sort of hearing things coming out of their media day and, and they have a number of players who are working their way back into form, um, whether it's from injury or maternity leave. And you uh, were talking about San Diego and we're referring, we're currently speaking about Abby Kemper, And it's almost like I, I th- believe in my tweet, I said something along the lines of like, if you go, if you go across every team in the league, it's like you can almost pluck out mm-hmm. uh, some sort of uh, comeback storyline for a player on almost any team in the league. And I'm with you in, in terms of, you know, what what was this offseason uh, like for someone like an, an Abigail Kemper? You know, she got shut down uh, in, in the season and had to have what she referred to as like a very long and overdue um, surgery. So after she went through her process to sort of go through that and sort of write out her, her back and her neck and everything. And those are kind of like very scary kind of tricky injuries to, to navigate. I just like, I'm looking across the board, at some of these players and, and how are they going to look in, in 2023 now that they've had some, some time to yeah. listen to their bodies, you know, and give themselves the appropriate treatment um, or take that uh, significant, time off or time away. Uh, so I'm, I think that's a player to, to look at. I think for, for San Diego wave as they, you know, jump into their regular season, we saw Guillermo step up in ways that I don't think folks were really uh, anticipating. It was so I, cool. I mean, so it, cool we watched, watch yeah, we, we watched the arrival, you know, of, of Naomi Guillermo and um, yeah, stepped up in, in a multitude of ways for this San Diego wave team. Um, and because of her level of play has been a constant feature in, in some of these national team camps. Right. And is really in the conversation of a potential uh, world cup selection for that final roster. So when we're looking at the wave, there's, there's a number of players that, that may be absent that might open the, the window of opportunity for other players on the roster um, to, to, to get in. But I also think that also le- leaves the window of opportunity for those players who are uh, in the process of building their minutes or trying to, you know, make that comeback um, to get those consistent minutes. So I'm, whether it's a doll camper on the defensive side of things or, or it's uh, like an Amira Ali in the attacking line, um, yeah. I'm excited to sort of see those, those pockets and windows of opportunity um, in the schedule for a team like San Diego wave, just because of uh, 
the the minimal turnover that they had on their roster in the offseason. What's what is that next step going to look like for a number of players on this team, right? So when we're when we're talking about players that we might want to see in this starting 11 or in the schedule during those those windows of opportunity, we're also looking at like the the roster and who is going to be the young prospect to have an impact for this team and who is going to be like that experienced veteran that the team relies on a bit in light of a World Cup year, in light of potential absences uh, during the middle of the season. So, of course, for young prospects, shocker, we're going with Jaden Shaw. We want to see more. We we were. It's almost like we were just given a, a, a brief glimpse, right, at what Jaden Shaw could do for this team. Just needs very little, minimal time to get in and make an impact for the team in the attack. Uh, and listen, also brought the celebrations as well. Yeah. I love the celebrations out of the Shaw. The surfboard. There's, there's a little bit of surf in the, in the wave celebrations uh, coming from Shaw. Yeah, how can this not be our young prospect to watch? Um, it'll be her second year in the league, which gives her, I think, a leg up on on maybe some of the other rookies, despite being very young. She, she won United States um, U.S. Soccer's Young Female Player of the Year Award last year. And as you mentioned, did not take long for Shaw to get adjusted and get accumulated acclimated not only with the NWSL but with San Diego in her first game she she gets onto the pitch and scores a goal pretty immediately um it was incredibly fun to watch but now I want to see her take that next step I think so often we put a lot of pressure on young players um whether they're the number one draft pick or They've been to a, a youth World Cups and they've had a lot of experience and, and kind of all the pomp and circumstance that comes around these young players. But when they perform as high as a player like Jaden Shaw did last year, we want to see them continue to grow and continue to become those incredible players that we know that they can be. And that's what I want to see from Shaw. Take that next step, have maybe a bit more of a consistent role in, in this roster and in Casey Stoney's squad, whether that's pushing her way into the starting lineup. I think we could see that at moments, especially when we kind of come into those World Cup weeks when there's a lot of players out, um, international windows that um, she sticks around for and she's still with the squad, maybe during the Challenge Cup. But I want to see growth from Shaw and, and a lot of consistency with her in the front line. And I think it would be fun to kind of see Shaw partnered up with an Alex Morgan, a Jakobsen, um, and see kind of how those sparks fly and the fireworks go off. Yeah, I, w- I want to see the the you know the young prospect with with some of those experienced veterans. Uh, I would like to even see her alongside someone like an Amir Ali with when maybe that when like like those Challenge Cup windows kind of come into play and sort of see how they combine and and connect and continue to develop uh, chemistry with each other. But you know some of those experienced veterans we're talking about a Jakobson or or a Morgan are like are likely to be absent. Let's just say that they've got good possibilities of of heading to a world cup but it's for those reasons that we're looking across this roster and trying to see who is that experienced veteran that this team might rely on in light of those moments and we're actually going to go with Kaylee Real in in this moment we wanted to stick with a defender because of course that's that's who what's what we do here at attacking third uh but this is a player who uh had a really uh good season I think with with San Diego Wave last year and during their inaugural run there uh, but this is also someone who has spent time in the league, um, knows what it is to, to try mm-hmm. to keep things organized in, in the back. And I think when you're looking for some of that 
uh, seasoned veteran experience, you might try to look at that back line just because of their vision and their whole perspective right. uh, of the pitch and how things go, um, you know, in the lines in front of them. So yeah. I, I would anticipate that somebody like Rill is going to step up in, in, in light of, of, of leadership that might be absent uh, in those World Cup stretches. That expectation is very uh, on par because we already saw Kaylee Real step up. Last year with the San Diego side, um, the starting center backs were Naomi Gurma and Abby Dahlkemper. That was it. And, and those roles are very hard to shake up, barring any injuries that happen. Uh, unfortunately, Abby Dahlkemper uh, did deal with injury last year. We know she, she ended up getting surgery. And because of that, Kaylee Real stepped right into that center back role seamlessly, I'm also going to say. Um, I, I think that we even saw, I mean, this because Dahl Camper was dealing with injury, but also because Real did so well in that center back role. When Dahl Camper was coming back and there were moments when she got in there, it was almost like we preferred to see Real alongside Gurma in that center back instead of Dahl Camper uh, for a number of reasons. But I think when we look ahead to the World Cup year and, and how there are going to be a lot of absences, um, we'll talk about the international players, but six players, six, six starting players going to be gone. Um, one of them being your your goalkeeper and your captain on this team, that's when it allows room for someone like a Kaylee Real to step up and step in. And I think that she really made that known last year to Casey Stoney that Real is a player that this team can lean on. Um, and now as, as we enter this year uh, and she continues to grow as a player, she's only 25 years old. Like she's yeah. still pretty young, yeah. but if she can already be that veteran and that leader on the pitch, that'll do wonders for Real's career. And it'll do wonders for San Diego and the points that they can pick up during international windows. Yeah, absolutely. Well, in, in terms of an international spotlight, there's a possibility that like, Many of the other clubs, San Diego is going to be without a handful of players because we're not just looking at the United States women's national team side of things. We're looking all across the board. There are a lot of players in this league who are World Cup bound uh, and mm -hmm. may likely miss a significant chunk of the season representing their respective nations. When we're looking at San Diego Wave, you got to start with one of their most important players in Kaylin Sheridan, who will likely be representing Canada in the World Cup. Sophia Jakobsen with Sweden is another attacking piece for them. And then there are also uh, the potential for U.S. players. Uh, Alex Morgan, who has had extended time with uh, national team camps, who is mu has multiple World Cups at this point in her career. Uh, but Taylor Korniak is a young player who has spent time in national team camps and is still in the mix of of. Vlanko Andonovsky's rosters leading up to the World Cup. And Naomi Girma has really bursted on to the scene in the program, really bullied her way into the conversation of and defender going to the World Cup. There's some hard decisions, I think, for, for Andonovsky making that final, final roster. But you were talking anywhere from four to six players yeah. who may be absent for this team. I mean, I think if, if you're the wave and you say, well, maybe, maybe Korniak doesn't go. You, if you're following the wave, you're, you're like, that's a win for club. Oh, <laughs> you know? um, you're, you're, you're like, yes, that's going to be great for us. Uh, but at the other side of things, if, if as excited as you are to, to, to see somebody excel and succeed, somebody like a Girma who might be absent, that's, that's going to be a big hole for them.
Yeah, I think that's really what you have to look at. It's hard to sometimes separate your international <laughs> feelings from your club feelings because, I mean, Caitlin Sheridan, like she she doesn't have that many caps with Canada. She's only at 34, which is like it's still incredibly impressive. But as a top goalkeeper of the year contender and and winner, um, that's a big loss for, for a San Diego side as well. But then I know you talked about the handful of Americans that could be attending the World Cup. You look at someone like an Alex Morgan, 204 international caps, 121 goals for the United States. And then there's a Naomi Gurma who just got onto the national team in 2022. She got her first cap and from there, it, it, she never looked back. 14 caps with the United States and then someone like a Taylor Korniak, only 12 caps. But this is a player that has kind of become Black Wadonofsky, the United States women's national team head coach, go-to in that midfield. So I think when you're Casey Stoney or a San Diego fan, you have to look at this roster and think, where can we de- get depth from? And the fact that you're potentially losing um, – some incredible attacking pieces in Jakobsen, Morgan, and Taylor Korniak. I'm throwing her into that mix. It's really good that they got depth in someone like a Rachel Hill, a Maggie Doherty Howard in the midfield, a Danielle Colaprico in the midfield. That's going to help them so much as they continue to move forward. They're going to lean on players like Amira Ali, Doniak, um, Jaden Shaw throughout the, those World Cup windows because this is a lot. I mean, Teams in the NWSL, they're losing a lot of players, but to be losing five or or six of your starting players that aren't just starters, but like award winners from the yeah, previous year, it's a big <laughs> loss. That's a big knock. Yeah, we can't we can't act like it's not. It, it is, and um, you know what? We we've done the the off season overview. We've chatted about how they navigated that. We gave them a grade. Uh, second year for Casey Stoney uh, to build with this team. Um, some new additions, but really a lot of usual suspects at this point for San Diego. So what is the the biggest burning question for this team as they head into the 2023 regular season? Is it just can they get back to the playoffs or can they get back and actually break through into the final? I think it's it's a good question because the expectations last year for this team maybe weren't um, – as accurate as they could have been. And the fact that San Diego blew those expectations out of the water by uh, really finishing at the top of the table, hosting a first round playoff game, um, and then fail, uh, falling to Portland Thorns who, who go on to win the NWSL championship. Um, I think there was some disappointment from San Diego inside the locker room, right? They, they wanted to continue and move on and to win. Meanwhile, the fans, I, I think were pretty happy with that result and how the season ended. They, they end up getting Snapdragon. They get a couple sold out games, but for you and I, we want to set the bar high. I want the San Diego team to get through to the final breakthrough in their second year in existence. They've got a lot of the similar pieces they did last year. Now they can build on that. Casey Stoney already has a foundation down of what she wants from her team, um, how the system of play, how they're going to play throughout the year. I think it's, it's not too much to ask to get them back to the final. Um, uh, If anything, at least to be hosting a playoff game, right? I'm with you. I think, I think the moves that they made in the off season, um, address those specific needs and address them in a way that's going to make them better. Um, we talked very briefly about Emily Van Eggman and she was someone who worked very hard in the midfield 
for this team, but this is a, this is also a player that might be absent yeah. for San Diego. Um, it, spending time with the Matildas in Australia, so <clears throat> I think the the addition of Colaprico, I think, is going to give them uh, an X an X fact a bit of an X factor that I don't think people are actually prepared for. When we looked at that free agency list, we said from the jump. Dabinia is is the prize, right? But I'm in the camp that San Diego got the absolute best defensive midfielder in the free agent market when they got Colaprico. Mm-hmm. So this concept <clears throat> that is out there right now, like on the national team level, about like who's the six and like why can't we produce sixes and where's the six? They exist. Some of them yeah. are actually playing in the NWSL. Colaprico is one of these players who has spent time with the national team. She's not necessarily in that picture anymore. I think because of some other things like uh, injuries that she has had to navigate along the way. Um, and we'll just, we'll just, if it quacks and looks like it, we'll just call it a duck. Cola Prico doesn't fit people's stereotypical yeah. profile of a defensive six, which is, but which is crap, but crap, right. Cause she's like short, but it's like, I, I've had I've had the opportunity to watch Cola Prico play live many times in many of her seasons with Chicago. And I have seen this player get hops on Sam Mewis, who's like six feet tall, um, and get called for the foul the other way. It's, it was just funny. It's just funny moments. But I think they have enough pieces. They chose the right pieces to target. And I think Casey Stoney and what she's building for year two yeah, might have those key differences, and those key differences might be the thing that breaks them through. So I, I'm with you. I think in terms of a projected finish, they're gonna they're gonna be a top four team. I think they're gonna host another playoff game. Yep. Who knows? Maybe it's gonna be a straight by to the semifinal. That's I think that's an expectation that San Diego wants, and that's an expectation that they have for themselves. I would not be surprised if they're a one or two seed at the end of the the 2023 season. And and you just talked about it. I think. An X factor, yeah, Colaprico in the midfield for sure. But in the landscape of the NWSL, Casey Stoney is an X factor. Yeah. Uh, because she has uh, just her, the way that she assembles a team and a roster and the way that she can put pieces on the pitch. Um, I mean, putting Corniak, who was formerly, a, I mean, yes, a midfielder. She's played forward. She played in the back line. But coming out of Orlando, she was a, a frontline player and dropping her back into the 10 role as the attacking center mid um, underneath an Alex Morgan was a game change for uh, this San Diego squad. And, and that is what brought Taylor Korniak into the national team picture. Yeah. It's, and that was all I had to do with Casey Stoney. Of course, the players are executing. I'm not taking anything away from Korniak. It's been so fun to watch that player throughout last year, develop, get called into the national team, solidify her spot, change the structure of the national team for the United States and how they're playing. Um, but uh, it all stems back to Casey Stoney and what she's able to do. And I think expectations should be high for this team yeah. uh, because our projected finish is high for them. Make the playoffs, yeah. potentially host, potentially get a first round by top four seed for me is San Diego. Prove us right, San Diego, because we love to come back and chat about that when we get the chance. But that's a wrap for San Diego's preview. It's been a blast. We cannot wait for the regular season to kick off. It's going to be on March 25th. 
and you can watch games on Paramount+. Plus. Thank you, everyone, for listening to Attacking Third. Download, follow, listen to us anywhere you get your podcast. Fill out those March Madness brackets. You still got like 10 minutes. Uh, <laughs> make sure you watch us. We're on YouTube. Subscribe to us at youtube.com slash Attacking Third, and we will be back with more end of baseball content for you all as the 2023 season kicks off. For Sandra and Lisa Roman, this was Attacking Third.